0: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at thirty thousand feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work.
1: Adam, a lot of Broncos country is still pissed off about the fumble by the $9 million running back on 4th and 1. And then the no effort, the business decision by Teddy Bridgewater. All Teddy Bridgewater was doing was following the model of the organization he's played for for six years. The effort, or lack of it, that we saw from Teddy Bridgewater is what we've seen from the Broncos organization since Peyton Manning retired. How is it any different. It was just the visualization of this organization for the last six years.
2: Yeah, it's a really good uh it's a really good analogy. It does sort of sum up what we have been watching since Peyton Manning retired. And it's not as if, and I I, let's let's just make this statement clear. Peyton Manning needed to retire. He was done. His body was done. He wasn't going to be the quarterback he was ever going to be again. But he was also sort of the last vestige. That era was the last vestige of the Pat Bolin era. The Pat Bolin era is gone, and this game is, is pretty indicative of that. And I think the, the hardest part about it, if you think back to what we were talking about last week, when we, got, when we got done recording, actually before we even started recording after the Cowboys game, we said it. We said it while we were recording. We said when we were done, we wrote articles about it. What is this team? Because we still don't really know. We said that
1: on the podcast in the middle of the week to preview (laughs) this game.
2: We still didn't know, and and you actually sent me a message. Um, I'll let you say it because you said it. But you sent me a message during the game, and it was, it was the perfect statement that comes from this specific game. We got our answer. Absolutely, we got our answer, and they're terrible. This team, this team is terrible, and their effort was bad. Their decision making was bad. The play calling was bad. was bad. bad. Coaching was bad. I, if you are supposed to be a defensive guru, like Vic Fangio is, and you allow a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, who are not a good football team, to do that to you at home, coming off of the biggest win in this franchise's recent history, and I'm being dead serious, since the Super Bowl, that win against the Cowboys was probably the biggest win in the franchise's history post-Super Bowl 50. That's my, I honestly believe that. And, that, and now what you get is, is the effort that you saw against the Philadelphia Eagles in week 10 as they have a chance to go into the bye week with, with true playoff hopes. And instead, we learned exactly what this team was, and it is garbage.
1: And now that win means absolutely nothing. It was an, it was an aberration. It was an anomaly. It was an anomaly it means nothing because it was a flash in the pan. It was the Cowboys taking the Denver Broncos completely and utterly for granted. What what the Eagles did to the Broncos should have been what the Cowboys did to the Broncos. And now, not only did the Broncos have the ability to go into the bye week on a three-game winning streak at six and four. The Chargers just lost to the Minnesota Vikings. They could have been in contention for the AFC West, not just for the playoffs. But now that is gone. Any belief that anyone has in this team, in this coaching staff, in these players needs to go away. They need to take a model From the fans who sold their tickets to all of those Philadelphia Eagles fans and not go to another home game. This cannot continue to be supported. You can't continue to give your money to this organization when that's the effort they throw out. And there is a player who went on Denver radio this week whining about how the players don't believe or how the fans don't believe in the team. I'm not going to say who the player is. I'm not going to call him out. I'm not going to say the radio station. If you want to, you can look it up. This is exhibit A on why fans don't believe in this team and they shouldn't believe in this team. On any level, that is unacceptable. Two games of the last three at home, The Broncos have been embarrassed by their opponents. They were embarrassed by a team that didn't have a head coach. They were just embarrassed by a team, by a guy who can't coach. But because he went against the Vic Fangio defense, looks like he can. And they made Jalen Hurts look like Lamar Jackson.
2: Which, quite frankly, is something that you were worried about going into this game, and so uh, kudos to you for for mentioning that because it was something that was uh, at least on your mind that Jalen Hurts' mobility would be uh, a factor, and it absolutely was. And he's not the most mobile of quarterbacks, but uh, you know we could get into, and and I know that there are some fans out there who want to who want to go candy canes and rainbows and sunshine and all that stuff, and and I I'll admit there there were there are still injuries to be dealt with there are still issues because of of players not being a hundred percent and and fine if you want to uh go that route to make yourself feel better. I have no problem with that. If you want to take the positive spin and look at how good Javante Williams is, you're wearing your Pookie shirt, which I think is a great shirt. If you want to if you want to go that route and and just remind yourself how good Javante Williams is, fantastic. Or even uh think about the the greatness that could be, and I say could be because he needs a quarterback to throw him the ball, but the greatness that could be Jerry Judy, right? There there's there is potential there. There are some things about this team that are trending in the right direction. But this is a game, the the game against the Eagles, that is the perfect example of what happens when you have the perfect storm of bad quarterback play, bad play calling on offense, bad coaching on defense, and a team that doesn't seem to really care. And quite frankly, they gave up very quickly in this game. They were in it. Going into the second half, they were in this game. But they just looked like they weren't really... Mentally in it, they had checked out at some point. There's, there's something going on there, and I, I don't, I don't want to talk about losing the locker room or, or anything like that, because quite frankly, these are professional athletes who get paid lots of money to, to play a game, and, and so to lose the locker room to me is sort of silly. But if you lose their buy-in, and that's what it looked like in the second half when things went awry, they, they stopped buying in to what was being given to them. And you could tell they didn't believe in it. And its I'll go back to this analogy, and I think it's a really interesting one. When you are a pitcher and a a catcher and you're deciding on what pitch to throw to a batter, as a catcher, I would rather you as the pitcher throw the wrong pitch that you're 100% confident in than the right pitch that you are only 50% confident in because you're not going to throw the right pitch correctly anyway, and it's going to get hit. This is kind of like that. It was this team had no confidence in what was being done on the field. So it didn't really matter what the play calls were. Now, I'm not saying that the play calls were good because they weren't. How, how do you have a guy like Javante Williams not just being the bell cow back? How do you not just keep going back to that? Well, and I know he's young. You don't want to use him up and you've got Melvin Gordon. But Melvin Gordon in the most important point of the game puts the ball on the ground. That leads Which is to what that, he's aching to doing, he's, or he's, can you? You say however you want. I don't really care. But it is, it is, it's something that he does, and we know he does it. And in this particular situation, why is he the one carrying the football? Why is he carrying the load? We know, we know what he is. We know. I think we know what Javante Williams is. I believe that he is a stud. I believe that he's going to be someone over the next few years that can carry this offense. So give him the football and let him carry the offense. Stop relying on a vet who keeps putting the ball on the ground. I I like Melvin Gordon. I love their one-two punch. I think they are an excellent combination of running backs. But in tight situations like this one, when they are trying to come back, the Denver Broncos should not be relying on Melvin Gordon there. They should be relying on Javante Williams. And it's only taken us this many games to figure that out. This game was infuriating on so many levels. Penalties that killed drives, bad play calling by the offense, a defense that couldn't tackle anybody. It was frustrating. It was frustrating to watch. It wasn't fun. It stopped being fun super early on. And I think part of the reason it stopped being funny, and and I'm curious what you think about this, is because they played so well against the Cowboys. If they'd lost to the Cowboys and then they performed like this, I think everybody in Broncos country throws their hands up and goes, yeah, well, that's what they are. And we would have known already. But because they gave us hope, right? They gave us that hope, that four-letter word that uh, Mace so eloquently describes as kind of like a drug, the hopium. We all got a little taste. We all got a little taste against the Cowboys, and then it got snatched away from us.
1: The thing that I think it does is it just reiterates how bad this organization is right now. Because we keep trying to grasp at straws. I think we all knew what the answer to that question was, but hope is so powerful that it distorts reality. And the reality is this team sucks. This organization sucks. Everything about this franchise sucks. And that's just the truth right now. We can we can hope for Javante Williams. We can hope for Jerry Judy. We can hope for Pat Sertan. We can hope. We can hope. We can hope. But at some point, you have to start seeing it, or it just becomes wasted. And there's going to be a lot of issue with Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, we're already seeing it. I, I we can talk about. I mean, I tweeted it. I mean, it, it is what it is. People are going to have their opinion one way or another. It wouldn't matter if Melvin Gordon holds on to the football or if they run it with Javante Williams. But here's the thing that sticks out to me. Benjamin Slowett tweeted that Denver had four drives inside the Eagles' 10. They got a touchdown, a field goal from the three, a blocked field goal from the four, another field goal, and the next drive, they made it inside the 25, fumble, return for a touchdown. And then there's the fourth down overthrow that Teddy Bridgewater had when he had a wide-open Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick was wide open, and he threw it away.
2: Mm. Now,
1: I I will say in in terms of the positive, the offensive line did a great job run-blocking. To be to be down, both of your starting tackles and your right guard. I mean, they only ran it 18 times, so we're back I, to I normal. Mean, <laughs> I mean, who would have ever thought that uh, Mike Shula would have people yearning for Pat Shermer? But that that's where we are. And then I tweeted this out: "Death by inches."
2: I tweeted it too.
1: How in the hell is Tom McMahon still employed by this team? I mean, you could legitimately—he's uh, he's got to have a Somebody to coach the special teams, and it would be better. Where is where's the accountability? That's the one thing that I go back to over the last five years. Where is the accountability? It comes when there's no other choice. It comes when you're being reactionary. There's nothing progressive about this team right now. There's nothing that says, hey, we got this under control, because they don't. Everything is reactionary, on the field, off the field, from top to bottom. It is reactionary. And I, I just, at least we're going into the bye
2: I guess so. I, I want to I'm sorry. I know this. that's probably a, a good place for us to stop, but I want to go back to one thing you, you mentioned. So I hate to do that because um, that usually that's usually where I'd be like, I got nothing else to say, but I got something else to say um, the throwaway on fourth down that you brought up. I, and I, I watched that play a couple of times. I rewound the TV and watched it a few times. A couple of things happen there. Number one, he doesn't get rid of the ball soon enough, right? Teddy Bridgewater has an opportunity to get rid of the ball. It's a tight window. It's not an easy throw, and he could have got rid of it sooner, but the play wasn't super open. So he rolls, and instead he has to throw the ball on the run, on the move, which is not his strong suit. I think that's fair to say. He doesn't have the arm strength for that, and so he floats it. And when a guy floats a ball like that while he's running, he's going to put more underneath it than he needs to, and he throws it too high. And then the other thing that happens on that play, which is disappointing, yeah, it was a bad throw. Yeah, it was over Tim Patrick's head. Tim Patrick never got off the ground. Tim Patrick jumped as high as I did on that play. And again, that is just another opportunity for someone to show a little effort. Not that that would have made a difference. I I think it's, it's fair to say that at that point, fourth and seven, time is ticking the ball the the ball going into anybody's hands there and being a touchdown is neat but the game's essentially over at that point anyway so it doesn't change all that much but it is it's an effort play and and teddy made a bad throw because teddy wasn't going to be able to make that throw anyway that was that's not a throw he has but tim patrick stayed planted on the ground firmly just ball went over your head dude was he not ready to jump i don't know i couldn't tell but I would have thought, I would have thought, you know, maybe at least a little, like his arms didn't even go up. Like it, it wasn't even like a, like, you know how you see people that pretend to jump. And they just throw their arms up and they don't really jump. His arms just stayed at his side. Just, Oh, there goes the ball. Oh, look at that ball. I was, were we still playing? I had no idea that the play was over. Did the clock hit zeros? No, because we still have time left. I, so to me that play, I actually gave Teddy a small pass. I gave him an F-plus on that play, not an F-minus, where I think you hit him with the F-minus there.
1: I I think what it does is, I mean, it just shows that we laugh, but, I mean, you have to because what else are you going to do? You've been listening to Mile
0: High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com.
2: And as always, go Broncos.